everybody. My name is Anthony. And I am Matt. Welcome to episode 45 of Welcome to Primetime. We have a, a great episode planned for you guys today. And um, so first things first, if you are hearing this uh, within the next like week or two, today's Sunday, June 6th. So if you're hearing it between now and uh, I guess like June 18th or so, um, you're probably listening to it on our Patreon because this is an early release uh, on our Patreon and it will be on our regular feed in two weeks time. So um, we have a, like I said, a pretty cool episode planned for you guys today. We're going to be doing some deep dives into Friday the 13th. Um, so before we get into that, though, we're going to just kind of chat quickly about some new films that we've been watching, TV shows, stuff like that. So Matt, what have you been watching lately? Okay, yeah. So um, as we were kind of like talking a little earlier about um, my, uh, the one, th- like one show that I kind of got, uh, I was reintroduced to uh, was the show called Invasion. Um, I remember when it came on uh, came on television. I can't remember what uh, what what station um, had it or anything, but um, it was like one of those. Sh- it was one of those um, those shows uh, that I, I remember I really liked, but I guess I kind of like easily forgot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like my dad like randomly bought it. He, like he was going through Amazon. He found it randomly. He's like. Oh wow! I forgot about this. So he bought it, and then it's like, "Hey, come sit down and watch this. Watch this again." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And uh, I just kind of like blew. I was like, "Wow! Like I, I, I remember a lot of this. <laughs> this is really cool." But um, like essentially, um, the the uh, the show is essentially um, it's like a more dramatized. Uh, it's a drama with a a good bit of sci-fi and a little bit of like a horror kind of aspect to it. Um, and it takes a lot of nods from uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, nice. in a little bit. This was a little bit more like a kind of a dramatic, um, dramatic twist with some thriller stuff and sci-fi in. And uh, essentially, what happens is that it, uh, it takes place in Florida, and uh, there's a. I know the people um, listening to it can't see it, but you know, air quotes. A hurricane happens in Florida, and the hurricane actually is a is an alien invasion and the uh, the aliens end up going into um as many uh as many bodies of of water that they can they can uh they can get into and at first uh you know as like kind of like first assumptions you like when you're watching the first few episodes and you're like seeing like the characters that uh, like eventually characters you know they they're getting snatched up by these uh by these aliens and you kind of think you know like there's some sort of you know menacing uh, motive uh for doing this but as you kind of like progress into the show it's you start to see a different perspective and uh intent for what they're actually doing and uh i just i it, it's such a good film like i'm terrible with uh like especially like from back then because it's been so long i can't remember like character names or like anything like anything related to that but uh i just um I don't. Know, I felt like it was like it was like one of those shows that kind of got uh, that might have gotten like slept on back in the day. Yeah, it sounds like it. I had actually never heard of it until you mentioned it to me. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was uh, it came out in the early to mid 2000s. I think. Okay. It sounds like, like it could be it, it. It it sounds like it could be either a sci-fi show or like a Fox show. 
you know if fox did those like possibly yeah those those like kind of cringy not, not that this is cringy i don't know i've never seen it but just as they mm-hmm. kind of did those like early 2000s like sci-fi kind of like alien ish tv shows like i'm trying to think of like good uh, yeah. examples but you know what i mean like they did stuff yeah, like i do yeah and like, uh about any you know, like the sci-fi originals like yeah like that kind of thing yeah yeah exactly but it sounds like an interesting concept. So, like, how did they? I'm how. I mean, I guess if if you can describe it without like spoilers, but how how did people think that it was a hurricane when it was an alien invasion? Did like the did the aliens have like some sort of control over the weather or? Um. Uh, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah. How did? I'm not, I'm not that's okay. How did people think that it was a hurricane, like when it was an alien invasion? Okay. Okay. So like, like, it, like it was what was happening was an actual was an actual hurricane. Oh, okay. Like what it was like an actual hurricane, but like I, uh, I you know when I when I say you know air quotes like hurricane, um, like it was it was like it was a legit storm, you know, um, like you know heavy winds and all this stuff. But I, I guess I should uh, I I I guess I kind of made uh, gave the assumption that you know like they they caused it, which they they very well may could have just as a as a way to get down onto earth right but like but like the way that they um the way that people kind of like realized you know uh what happened or realized it was an alien invasion um you know this i really wouldn't consider this a spoiler but like in the story um there's there's uh one particular uh, one particular family is uh driving uh, driving on the roads no i'm sorry no um uh it was a, a little girl was trying to find her dog in the middle of the storm and she she had to have been you know like maybe like six or seven and the whole time you're like you're so mad you're angry at her going like why are you out there you idiot <laughs> but um she she's like she's looking for um she's looking for her dog I, i'm pretty sure it was a dog um, but um she gets on like onto the edge and she can see the ocean and she sees a, a bunch of lights and they're all like coming down on the oh like they're all like you know like you know, descending into the ocean and you know she tries to tell people and no one believes her but there's but one person does believe her does believe her and he's a conspiracy uh like conspiracy theorist and all this stuff like, you know, the government's trying to cover up alien alien invasions and stuff like that oh yeah the which, classic like alien invasion character yes. yeah. which by the way is um i'll try to make sure i get this right he was uh he was dale in tucker and dale versus evil oh okay okay gotcha um man i'm trying to th- i'm trying to remember the actor's name I can't, I can't remember it. Um, the big so, guy. Uh, oh, his, his name is Ty, Tyler Labine. Yes. Yes. That is him. That's like, cool. For some reason, I always get the, two, I always get like the name, like Tucker and Dale, I always get the two like mixed up. I mean, one guy was in Firefly and then the other one is in like a various other amounts of uh, movies and shows, but yeah. I can never, um, I can never get the, the, the names correct on that. Tucker, the, the, Tucker and Dale is so good. I will, yeah. that's a little bit of a departure from what we're talking about but it's so good yeah, but I, yeah. I knew that i went like once i thought about it like it was like okay i, I can make the connection here you'd get it so yeah yeah, but, yeah. So he's in that and yeah he's a free he's, he's a like he's not a complete nut like he's like you see him like throughout the show and everything uh like if you no know, if you didn't see the stuff that uh if you you know like weren't seeing the stuff that he was like seeing as far as like you know like cover-ups and stuff like that yeah you would generally think like this guy's a this guy's a lunatic. Like, lock him up. Uh, gotcha. 
but like you know you see the stuff that he sees and he's seen stuff he shouldn't see so you you know you know that you know he's you know he's telling the truth but you know like no one's gonna believe him. interesting so I'm, i was just looking it up because like i said i've never this is all new to me i never heard of it before so it says mm-hmm. it ran, ran 2005 to 2006 yep there you go and i'm trying to see what network it was on um and actually uh, i don't know it doesn't say i can't maybe i can google it but anyway that's that's cool um i yeah i've never heard of those i have to it sounds really it sounds really interesting though i i I like the idea of like aliens being almost kind of like cloaked by a hurricane like using that to like that's kind of that's an interesting interesting concept i I haven't heard of anything like that before so Mm -hmm. i like that um so I have watched a couple of, of new films recently uh, within the past couple of days, actually. So uh, the first one that I, I watched is a Netflix. Uh, I guess it's like a Netflix original and it's directed by um, Alexander Aja, the guy who did um, he's done all sorts of different films, but he did uh, horns and mirrors. And he's also done um he directed Crawl and The Hills Have Eyes. And I was about to ask you that. Wasn't he the guy that did the remake for Hills Have Eyes? He yeah. did, yes. Uh, he did the uh, the man or he wrote Maniac, the remake. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He's done a lot of, of a lot of good stuff. And this particular one that I'm talking about is a brand new one that came out this year um, called Oxygen. And it's have you seen the movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds? I don't believe, I don't believe so. No, it's well, it's, it's a very similar concept. So I'm buried. Ryan Reynolds is literally buried and he has a cell phone and the whole movie takes place inside of the, like the coffin where he's buried or whatever it is that he's in. And he's trying to, to get somebody to find him and get him out before he runs out of air. And this movie is a very similar concept, except it's a woman who wakes up. She has no memory and she wakes up in this cryogenic chamber. She's no, she doesn't remember how she got there. She doesn't remember, um, like, really, like, a lot about herself. She it, it, This cryogenic chamber is equipped with something that's sort of like a, like a male version of, like, Siri or Alexa, something like that. Like, she can ask it questions and get it to make calls and all this kind of stuff. And it, it'll listen to what she's saying. You know, hey, hey, uh, I think his name is Milo. And she's like, hey, Milo, look up, you know, and she like searches her name and she starts to find all this information to like piece, like to remember who she is and like what she does and like how she might have gotten here, who might have put her in this thing, blah, blah, blah. And so the catch is um, she when she wakes up, she starts using a lot more oxygen than she was when she was in cryo in, you know, cryostasis or, or, or sleep or whatever. And. Uh, she wakes up and she only has 30% oxygen left and she has to, it's running out quickly because she's panicking and she has to basically figure out who put like, if she can, who put her in here. But the main thing is some to, for somebody to find where she's at and rescue her. And so it's a hundred minutes long. It's an hour and 40 minutes and it's so like tightly paced that it just keeps you on the edge of your seat, like the entire time. Um, it is, so it's, it's, uh, the, the language is French Netflix kind of defaults to English with really bad dubbing. And so I watched it in French with 
you know english subtitles because i don't like i hate when dubbing is really bad and like it take it completely takes me out of the movie so i just watched it in yep, french <laughs> uh but Definitely yeah this this was super super solid um i i gave it four stars and i yeah thoroughly enjoyed it there i there was my only my only real complaints with it were that it was kind of um there was some elements I think that were kind of supposed to be a little like secretive or, or almost like a twist that was fairly easy for me to kind of see coming. And I think that might've just been the way that the, like that it was marketed. It also could have been the trailer that I watched too, because you know, trailers nowadays kind of give away like everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it could have just been that I watched a trailer that gave it, gave away way too much. But if, if you haven't seen the trailer for it, that's the setup for it and just it's most like it's most effective going in knowing the least amount that you can so that's the general setup and then it kind of goes from there so that's one that i've watched recently also watched the the conjuring part three uh officially titled the conjuring the devil made me do it uh and i so this is the most different to me out of the the main conjuring entries in the main like the main franchise and it's directed by uh michael chavez the guy who also directed la llorona uh and it was okay it and i i don't really want to give it an official verdict until i watch it again because it was so different from the first two it was like it, it was almost more of a drama with like horror sprinkled in throughout and it was enough to keep me engaged. So the, but the main thing that kept me really glued to the movie was um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga playing, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren because their chemistry on screen is just so good. And yeah. that's, that's really what kept me like, I, I, I think I would say that if they weren't in this movie, I probably would have lost interest in it. That being said, I, whenever I watch a movie that I'm really hyped up for, I like to give it the benefit of a doubt if I don't really love it the first time. And after I watch it and I kind of like adjust my expectations, I go back and rewatch it. And that's that being said, I might like it a lot more the second time I rewatch it because, you know, it's been five years since the second one came out and I'm like super hyped for it and all that. And then I watch it and I'm like, you know, I might be expecting this or this or this to happen in it and that doesn't happen. And then I'm like, eh, you know, so I want to go back and watch it again before I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm definitely, I definitely didn't hate it. It was entertaining, but it was just very different from the first two, I guess is the main thing. And um, kind of took a little bit more of like an investigative sort of side there was lots of drama uh that was that was introduced as well and yeah but the strongest thing was definitely um patrick wilson and vera farming i enjoyed that a lot that aspect of it and some of the some of the moments like the scary moments and liz was pretty good but you know james wan just builds tension so well that like it was definitely a departure from that there wasn't a whole lot of tension building and it was a lot of a lot of like jump scare type stuff that happened in this one, which okay. I enjoy a good jump scare every now and then, but not when the film relies on it as like all of its scares. You know, I like the I like the tension, the slow burn, stuff like that, which um I felt the first two 
really pulled off in this one not so much but like i said i will go back and rewatch it before i give like an official verdict and i think holly and i are also going to talk about it a little bit more in depth in the next uh the next episode that we do together and so last but certainly not least uh got to experience this one at the drive-in last night quiet place part two i'm really curious and I'd like to know your uh, know your thoughts on that so i thoroughly enjoyed it i felt just Personally, I felt like it was on par with the with the first one, which is pretty pretty rare when you have a horror sequel where you're like, dang, the second one was actually like top notch stuff. I mm-hmm. John Krasinski continues like to impress me as a director and as a writer as well. I felt like I'm so it's it's only an hour and a half, just like the first one, and you know, going back to talking about tension. Uh, this this one definitely like amps up the tension a lot, and it, it I had major major Last of Us vibes. Uh, Last of Us, yeah. Okay, like, okay. Um, man, what's his name? Uh, Killian Murphy plays plays a character named Emmett, and there's moments where he is walking with uh, Millicent Simmons' character uh, Reagan. And so it's like Reagan and Emmett walking together and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's like, it's, it's Joel, you know, like, and so yeah, he just kind of like takes on this sort of like fatherly figure and to, to her character. And, um, it's, it's basically, it, it starts off with like John Krasinski is in it for a little bit playing his character from the first Lee and, uh, it starts off sort of before the like attacks happen and and kind of the moments leading up to the attack. And then it has like sort of a cold open kind of like that. And then after the cold open, it jumps immediately to like the very end of the first movie and picks up right where that one left off. I'm so happy that I hear that. I'm so happy. So it, it, cause at first I was like, Oh, okay. It's like, it's a prequel, you know, which was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. But it, yeah, it just cold opens, shows you like the day that the attack happened and then fast forwards right to the, it, like it picks up exactly. So, you know, in the first movie, it's like it ends with her cocking the shotgun. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly how when it fast forwards, it picks up with her having just fired the shotgun. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And yep. then it moves from there. And um, yeah, it's really, really well paced. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I didn't really have any sort of complaints with it. Um there, there was, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like it was pretty dang good. There, and again, me and me and Holly, I'm sure, are going to talk about this one a lot more in depth in the next episode. But this is just kind of this, the new stuff that I watched recently, and it's pretty fresh on my mind. But it's, yeah. I mean, there, I, there's not a whole lot that I can say story wise that like, because it's it's all like interconnected. I can't really say like it's basically them they're trying to figure out uh, they're still trying to figure out a way like that you know in the first one we learned how like kind of what their weakness is and this one is trying to figure uh, out how to exploit it yeah but exactly yes them trying to figure out how to exploit it they have so they like they know what the weakness is but they're like okay so how can we take this weapon and make it more effective against them and millicent simmons character reagan ha- figures out a way but she's kind of too young to get to where she needs to go. And so she ends up enlisting the help of another character who may or may not 
agree to help her and that sort of thing. And then it kind of goes from there. There, so the whole the whole story is basically like them trying to figure to get to where they need to go, figuring out how to survive along the way. Right. It's kind of like really all I can say. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was it was solid. So I, I enjoyed it a lot and it's kind of cool to see it at the drive-in. I will, yeah, it's, this is one I'll definitely pick up when it comes out to, to rewatch. I'm, yeah, I, I definitely want to, like, whether it's like to go and see it into the theater or just wait for the Blu-ray to come out, like, I'm 100% going to end up watching this at some point. And I, I'm just, I, I'm, like, just like from the, uh, from a sound perspective, like, how much I love, like, the, like, the first one, like, just for the sound aspect alone, I'm just, like, really curious to see if they, like, well, I imagine like they would still like, kind of carry that same carry that same like mantra when it came to the sound. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm also curious to see if they did anything, you know, if they did anything different or added like another element of sound, uh, like to the second one. Yeah, but there, I really see that there is some new elements that they add, and I won't I won't say anything really about what it is, other than it being a new sort of element. The sound design in this one, to me was just as good as the first one. Uh, it, it definitely plays on those moments of of really quiet, contrasted yeah. with the moments of really loud. And there's the score is very minimal. Like, there's hardly any score, but when it happens, it's very effective. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. it's It definitely is a less is more approach, for sure. Just uh, just yeah. like the first one. It's it's almost like it... it, it to me, it reminded me of like if they were to film, it's almost as if they filmed three hours worth of footage and then split it right in half and then released the okay. first one and then released this one. Like okay. it's, it's, okay. like, it's like a direct continuation. And um, so, yeah, I really like that, that aspect about it. I was, I was actually almost thinking like, man, I wonder if they shot these like back to back, you know, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know if they did or not, but it, it kind of had that vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff for sure. Um, I I really appreciate John Krasinski's directing and, and his writing and stuff, and so I'm I'm really glad. I know it was rumored that he wasn't going to come back for a sequel, and so I'm I'm glad that he did come back because I feel like it's sort of the the first one was definitely like a passion project. You you could tell, especially oh, yeah. with him working with with his wife, you know, with with him working with Emily Blunt and all that, and they just I mean, they're you know since they're married in real life, they play a great couple because they're like their chemistry is really great. And, um, so yeah, it's real. And it, yeah. And it's real. So it's like, you know, <laughs> like maybe it's acting, but probably not. It's probably real. They're married. I would hope it's real, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it's good, good stuff. Um, for sure. Definitely worth a watch. So those are, um, those are the kind of the biggest new releases that I watch. I also, I'm not going to really talk about it a whole lot, but did want to mention. So Zack Snyder has a new film called army of the dead. Yeah. I've been told so many times to go like to check it out, watch it. I just, I haven't gotten myself. I haven't, I, I, uh, I haven't bucked up to, to watch it just yet. Cause I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I'll, if I'll enjoy it or not. I'm really not sure yet. So I, I wasn't super. So, okay. I had no interest in watching it. Uh, uh, and until I heard, like I, I saw it was Zack Snyder and then I saw he did a zombie film and I was like, eh, and then I heard the concept for it and I was like, okay, I'm curious. And I was like, <clears throat> so let me also preface. I, I, I don't mind long movies at all. I actually prefer long movies over short 
movies typically, unless I'm like starting it really late anyway. But the runtime of this is 148 minutes. Um, so it's, it's two and a half hours. And I was like a two and a half hour long zombie film. Like, what is this going to be like it? You know, like I was, uh. but the setup for it is so cool. So there's a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. And then there, this group of mercenaries is assembled. And the whole reason that they're assembled is to go into the quarantine zone of Las Vegas. And there's like $200 million that's in this safe in the casino inside of the quarantine zone in Las Vegas. And they have to go into the quarantine zone and pull off this heist. So it's like a zombie heist film. And it is over the top in the most awesome ways. Like it's just completely bonkers. Um, and the, the opening like half hour is so entertaining. Um, I read a lot of people kind of said that the, it was overly long and the, um, like it, 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 like that it was overly long and that there was a lot of like character backstory and stuff like that. So I, it, it, don't get me wrong. It was by no means perfect, but I found it thoroughly entertaining, like all the way through. I really, right. I really enjoyed it. I was, I was also kind of prepared for like tons and tons of backstory. And I didn't really feel like I was overloaded with backstory. There was like, I mean, there was definitely like flashbacks and, and backstory and things like that. But I mean, it, 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 it definitely wasn't perfect, but that being said, I thought it was pretty solid. It was a good three, three and a half star movie. And even though it was two and a half hours long, I never really felt like it was two and a half hours long, which is interesting because a lot of people that's their biggest gripe with it is like, it's so long, but right. I, I mean, personally, I thought it was really entertaining. It's not something that I would like watch often, but I think I would probably rewatch it like every now and again. And, uh, yeah, I mean it's it it's goofy and it's over the top and it's it's silly, but I think that it kind of knows that at the same time, you know. Um, it sort of kind of leans into that, and I mean, you know, there's definitely some plot holes and and some things that are like, well, that didn't make any sense. But you know, if if you want something fun and colorful and kind of crazy, then then this is a good one. It's it's definitely an interesting take on a zombie film. So. But that one is uh, Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder. So just to recap, Quiet Place Part 2, Conjuring 3, Oxygen, and Army of the Dead is the new stuff that I've watched recently. So all of them were at minimum entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) At minimum, they were entertaining. So, all right. Well, do you have anything else new that you've been watching? Uh, um, much like I told you like earlier too, my, minus like the movie that I've been working on for the last six months, that invasion, that's about it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we are going to talk about some Friday the 13th stuff. We're going to talk about our favorite film in the franchise and kind of our introduction to Friday the 13th and kind of dive into that. We'll be yeah. right back. All right, so let's let's dive into some Friday the Thirteenth, Matt. Yes, let's. You so, want to go and go? I want to hear. I want to hear from you. Enlighten me on your your Friday the Thirteenth 
um, origin, so to speak. What what got you into Friday the Thirteenth? What like what was the first film in the franchise that you watched? Okay, so my uh, I, I well, my first introduction to Friday the Thirteenth actually was not a movie. So that's a little in, little like fun fact. Um, okay. I kind of had to like. I kind of had to go back into my memory vault and really uh, kind of think of it. Cause like, I know, <coughs> excuse me. Like I know what my, um, I remember like my, my sister used to have, um, <coughs> geez, sorry. It's all good. My, uh, my sister used to have, um, some, uh, like, catalogs my uh catalogs from uh i can't even remember where they're from there were um i guess uh catalogs from like costume costume shops or something like that mm-hmm. and uh i was like you know kind of like uh one one night after dinner there was um like we we're driving back home i had the catalog and i was kind of like looking through it and uh i remember like seeing like a bunch of these outfits you know they had like a you know Freddy Krueger, Chucky, um, like from like the Bride of Chucky, um, Michael, and I, and I've seen these characters before, but I when I flipped the page I saw I saw, um, like the first like instance of Jason. At that point, you know I've never seen him, like the hockey mask, and you can see you know like the uh, like the deformed eye and everything going through, mm-hmm. and uh, like I had never seen that anything like that before, and that kind of, I kind of like you know it off. It, more or less, uh, like my first reaction to that was uh, saw it, freaked out, and like just hysterically cried the whole way back home. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you, just for reference? Oh gosh, um, this is last year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I, I had to have been um I had to have been like maybe like seven or eight or something like that. I think. Okay. Maybe something like that. I don't know, but like, but like, it left a it left a good enough impression on me that I remembered it. And you know, like as as a kid with a wild imagination, had like nightmares and stuff like that. He's out to get you and all that. He's oh yeah, read it in your closet all in one time, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, it wasn't. Uh, I don't. I think it was um the the first time I were watching a Friday Thirteenth movie. Um, I had to have been like nine or nine or ten, and uh, the first one that I remember watching was uh was Part Five. Oh, okay. But it was not the whole, the whole, um, it wasn't the whole movie. Um, right. Like what, like what ended up happening was I was um, like, it was during Halloween, the Halloween time. And my dad worked at a hospital um, out in Sylvester. And we were going to, um, like, I was like me and my brother were sitting down. Uh, I think my sister was with us too. We were sitting down, like kind of like watching TV and waiting for mom to get ready so we could go. And they're having like a little Halloween, uh, like get together, like costume costume party, and it, like a uh, like barbecuing and stuff like that, and uh, like a haunted hayride and all that outside in the parking lot of the hospital. And um, I remember seeing uh, it was the end the end of part five when uh, Tommy, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, it's part five. Like Tommy's like laying in the bed, yeah, and uh, he opens his eyes up and he sees. He sees, you know, like Jason looking over, looking over at him, and then, you know, cuts to the uh, the door opening. The girls walk, girl walks in, tries to find Tommy. He's not there. Uh, you know, 
you see the door move and then the next thing you know tommy's with jason's mask and you hear the <laughs> yes and I, I don't know like the like the like the uh the the instantly the sight of seeing uh the sight of seeing jason brought me back to when i saw that first magazine and like it was just like a whole like nightmare coming back to me and like started freaking out freaking out and the reason like i guess the reason that real that that really impacted me was later on during the uh during when we went out to the um uh the hospital to the Halloween party there was someone dressed as jason and he kept following me all the way around the parking lot and it scared the crap out of me i almost i, I almost attacked him <laughs> <laughs> dang that's crazy <laughs> That was, so, that, that was my that was my introduction and then like later on i actually uh i, I it, it went back on again I, it was like one of those things where i want to kind of conquer my fear uh as a you know seven eight nine year old or something like that um should, probably should not do but i ended up watch, watching the entire thing and that just made things worse <laughs> <laughs> so so you said so part five was was the first one that you ever watched any of yes gotcha okay yeah, I so in a similar fashion to what you said, minus the like the the catalog and seeing like costumes and stuff. I also the first time I ever watched one of Friday the Thirteenth film was was partially like on TV. Um, it was also during Halloween time, and I I want to say that it was during like a Fear Fest or like Monster Fest thing whenever like it was on AMC, and I just watched like bits and pieces of it on on TV. Um, the first time that I ever actually sat down and watched a Friday the 13th film in its entirety, I bought a 3d copy of part three from Walmart from like the $5 bin. And mm -hmm. I watched that one and I was just like, man, I love this. And, and I was always fascinated by, especially like as a teenager, I was before I had like really dived into Friday the 13th and Halloween and like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. I was always fascinated by like the killer that you can't kill. And so this was kind of like one of those uh, like rabbit holes that I went down and I was like, okay, so why don't they just like kill Jason? You know, like before I had watched it, I was like, okay, like, you know, before I realized like you, you can't kill him. Like he can't die. He's immortal. Blah, yeah. blah. You know, I was like, why don't they just kill him? You know, but anyway, um, so yeah, part three was the first one that I ever watched in its entirety. And then, like I said, I bought that like $5 DVD from Walmart, watched it in the really crappy, like 3d transfer on the DVD with the, like the blue and red glasses and all that. And yeah, I mean, I just had a blast with it and like, it's, it's weird because I can't really remember a time when I didn't know about Friday the 13th. Like, it's just something that was like. My, my grandma introduced me to most things horror, but she wasn't a big fan of slashers. So I, f I feel like it was just something that I was always kind of aware of, like, because I don't really remember a time when I was like not aware, except for when I was like a little kid, you know, really little. Yeah. Um, but once I like, cause my mom and dad used to tell me about like all the movies and stuff that they used to watch and they're like, the, Oh yeah, we saw that when we were teenagers and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of feel like I was, I was always like, it was always on my radar once I got like old enough to know about it. And so mm -hmm. at that point I was like, so curious. And then I just kind of went into like a dive and watched, I started with part three and then I was like, okay, I need to go back and, and watch from the beginning. And yeah. I remember when you got on that kick too. I remember that. 
Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think you gave me that copy of part three of two, if I'm not mistaken. Probably so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And um, so a, a side note to that is um, Holly had never seen any of the Friday the 13th movies until mm-hmm. last October when I got the big Scream Factory box. So we watched like part one through six last year uh, as part of like our Halloween marathon. And so we're going to do seven through, I guess, the remake. And um, just so she's watched all of them. And yeah, so I think she's she's enjoyed them so far. You know, of course you have the solid ones like four and, and six and all that. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like even though Halloween is like my favorite franchise, like favorite slasher franchise, I feel like Friday the 13th has some really solid entries. And I, it's, it's a, it's a series that I watch. Like I have to watch at least like two or three Friday the 13th films every October, or it doesn't really feel like Halloween, you know, in that weird way. And and, and they, you know, there's varying dips in quality just like when, I mean, when you, whenever you have any sort of franchise, you have the dips in quality, but, um, yeah, I, I really, really, um, and glad, and I'm glad that I, I started with three because, you know, obviously it's not, it's not news to anybody, but three is when, you know, you get introduced to the hockey mask and all that kind of good stuff. And so, um, and that 80s theme. Yes. Music oh yeah. Harry yeah. Manfred needy score and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. And yeah. So, um, I'm glad that I started with that one and kind of worked backwards and because I feel like at the time, you know, when I, when I first watched this, I almost like if you had started Halloween at, at, at part three, right? Like you watch season of the witch before you can fully appreciate it. You might not continue on with any of the other films. And so I'm glad that I watched part like started with part three and kind of worked backwards and, and w- knew what to expect as I watched part one. Like, you know, cause I feel like sometimes as a, like as a teenager, or as a person with like a shorter attention span, sometimes if you start, mm-hmm. if you're like Friday the 13th, you're like, you associate that with Jason. And so then to watch a film that doesn't have Jason in it, you, you might be kind of like, Oh, what the heck? You know, especially as a teenager who doesn't really know any better. And so like, anyway, that's why yeah. I say I'm glad that I watched part three first. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of, like, uh, I, uh, I, I definitely agree with you too. Like when you like uh, kind of like talking about, you know, like while Halloween is like a very like synonymous franchise, I felt like, like for me, like, in the same notion with Halloween and Friday the 13th, like Halloween's obviously like, it, as well as two is mine, like, like one of my favorite, franchise as far as like the slasher stuff but i honestly feel like friday the 13th the halloween let me that yeah i feel like that friday the 13th franchise is the most entertaining that's probably how i would go about that i think yeah i it's it's really it's funny because like i so i want to like i've been kind of i've been really like on a vhs kick lately um and Mm -hmm. so i have been wanting to like there, I I have the first Halloween film on VHS, but to me, there's not like there's no, almost no other '80s franchise that screams VHS more so than Friday the Thirteenth, especially with those original VHS covers. Like, oh yeah, there's it's so good, and I'm just like these like cer- certain movies are just like just made to be watched on on a on VHS. You know, just that grimy kind of like just gritty vhs quality to it and i think that enhances 
the the experience of it you know like don't get me wrong it's great to pop on like a really nice remastered blu-ray but at the same time it's like yeah it's just fun to pop on a vhs too and i feel like friday the 13th even though like halloween i'm like yeah i love like part four especially is like one of my favorites but i'm like yeah no no other one to me like describes the or makes it has that sort of vhs era like feeling like friday the 13th yeah. does you know yeah I, I definitely agree with that for sure yeah so, but so all right so we've talked about our friday the 13th origins like kind of how we got into it how we were aware of it all that kind of stuff so with that being said you have a lot of films to pick from uh so what but what's your favorite out of the whole series my favorite is jason lives part six okay so so what what makes it what what makes part six your favorite as opposed to any other one well as um as far as um like story-wise and everything too i feel like that uh for the most for the most part i feel like that was kind of like a fitting uh a fitting conclusion to the tommy jarvis story mm-hmm. like out of the turn like four five and six i feel like the, uh, that one was probably like the most that that was probably like my favorite part like favorite like arc of tommy's uh tommy's story that was told between those or among those three films. Um, and also like, I guess to um, just like, it's like the, like the overall, the overall vibe of it or like the overall like look of, of this, of this one, um, like Tom McLaughlin, like his, um, like his entire like approach uh, to it was to try to make it like a, like you know, because you know Jason, you know, gets like rises, you know, like from the dead and everything. Yeah. Um. It uh, he wanted to make it like um, like you know, like a monster movie, like an old school, like the Universal like monster movies, like you know, take take the aspect of you know raising Frankenstein's monster like from the dead, take out the drop like the dramatic like the you know the sympathetic aspects of it, and then you know there you go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you, like, now that you mentioned that, yeah, it definitely has that vibe of like a. A classic mm-hmm. universal, yeah, monster film. Yeah, and like I, I, I just have like a, I, I've always had like a really big like soft spot for you know like the like the universal like films, especially of like that time. And it just, even though it was a, even like obviously the it being an '80s movie, um, like just like but like it just it did not feel like it. It did not feel like it was a product of the '80s. It felt like it was kind of timeless mm-hmm. to me. You know what I mean, and. uh I don't know, like I've I just like I I um definitely the overall this I would just say like the overall like uh feel of it too. And it was really kind of like surprising too. Like I really feel like um like too like um it's I would say like arguably it's probably like the best looking one of the original uh of the original franchise. I yeah. would argue. I, I would I would agree, yeah. It's yeah. it's like a step up in quality. Um well, see, like, like that's the funny thing, because like I was, um, kind of, kind of like you know, like going into, it's kind of going into like a, a little bit, like into the you know, like the in depth, like kind of aspect of it. But, um, among the eight original films, uh, Jason Liz was the, was the uh, the second highest had the second highest uh, production budget. I think if uh, like it was estimate estimation of like three million dollars. Wow, which is insane considering the first film had a budget of like five hundred fifty thousand. Yes, yeah. and uh, I want to say, um, and Jason takes Manhattan uh, of the original. That one had the highest um, of the original uh, franchise, but even even then, 
like between like those two, like the two highest ones, the Jason lives like even that, even though it, it was like, you know, a couple million like under that, it's still like, to me, it looked way better. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it Like you said, and it also has that element of like, aside from like some of the hairdos and the clothing, like yeah. it has that, that timeless sort of piece to it. And, and I, I think more than anything, Jason looks really freaking cool in it too. Um, yes. Like yes. Yeah. just, you know, zombie Jason is like, he's, he's probably my favorite, like, uh, iteration or incarnation or whatever you want to call of, of Jason. Just yeah. that the, the dead Jason is like, I mean, he's just, he's looks really freaking cool. <laughs> yep. And like, there's something like too, even like about like the mask and everything, like something like something about like this mask too, just like seems a lot more like, not like this is definitely not like the the right word I would probably like accurately use it for, but like it it just looks freaking gorgeous and yeah. a very in a very like like it just in a, a very menacing way. It it almost it's almost like it contours to his face a little bit more, whereas yeah. the yeah. other the other one is more like like in the in some of the other sequels kind of almost looks like a like a flat like like a, like a pancake against his face you yeah. know. And this one sort of contours to his like the structure of his face more, and it kind of looks like I guess you would say maybe a little bit more sleek than the other. Yes, yes. So I yeah I I definitely agree with you. It's like jumping back to you know you, you can't do a Friday Thirteenth episode without talking about Halloween as well. But like it's you know the the there's slight variations in each mask, like from yeah. from from each sequel. You know like you have the Halloween seventy eight mask and then the part two mask and part four and blah blah blah. That was the and same the, mask, huh? Part one and part two had the same mask. Yeah, but it's like you know there it's they had the same mask, but they also look different. And especially when, when he, when he wipes the blood, like, when well, yeah, gets, well, like the, the reason it looked different was the shape of the head of Dick Warlock. His head was shaped different than uh, Nick Castle's. And yeah. that's why it looked that different, but it was the same mask though. So it's, it's interesting though, how you have those, like, you know, even like in that, it's the, in that instance, it's the same mask, but it still looks slightly different. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then in like four and five, obviously those are completely like, they're different, you know, but I, I think it, as far as Halloween goes, part five is definitely the worst looking mask out of, it's like, he's got like this gigantic neck in, in, in part five and it looks a little goofy, but anyway. Uh, I think and, anyone anyone with like practical rational thought would probably like agree with you on that. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I I love part six. We actually were just watching this one the other night, and nice, it's nice. it's it's super solid. It's one of it's one of my favorites as well. It's not my most favorite, but it is one of my favorites. So. I will say that like when we get to like the um, when we get to like the uh, kind of like a like a little bit more of like the deep dive fun fact stuff. Like I've, I've got some really interesting, uh, really interesting stuff uh, to go in for part six. Um, but uh, like one other thing too, I guess like, uh, I wouldn't say like this is the main, main contributing factor to why I love part six much, but another contributing factor to it will be like, just because of the fact that it's a lot more easily accessible to me to travel to because it was filmed in Covington. Yes. Yep. I actually, so I did, yeah, I did a tour of, of the locations, um, with a, with a friend, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we went over and did, and did like a cool, um, like it's, it's actually, I think it's called hard labor Creek state park is where they filmed at. And we took a detour and, and went and checked it out and you can actually rent the cabins 
um, to stay in to like camp and everything. And, and um, also just like speaking of camping and woods and stuff like that, you know, like whenever I first watched um, Friday the 13th, just in general, I was probably about, I don't know, I would say maybe somewhere between the 11 to 13 range. And my, my family used to go on trips to the mountains like every year and we would stay in a cabin that was not really close to anybody. And the first time that I went to the mountains after I watched a Friday the 13th film, I was so scared. I was like, Jason is in these woods. I know it. He's going to come kill us. And like, I, I mean, I was like, I had like a, to the point where like, now, like, if I watch the, the if I watch Friday the Thirteenth now, I'm like, I, I'm obviously not gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is so scary, you know. But it, oh, it would. I would, I would. <laughs> but it, it, it had uh, back then. It had such an effect on me, where I like, it actually made me scared to like go to the mountains, like, and be in the woods and stuff. At least at nighttime, like I was just like at night, I was like, Jason's outside of our cabin. I just know he is. Like, <laughs> it, it just it like freaked me out, and. Uh, so anyway, just like a, a random fun fact, but yeah, that it, it definitely like scared the crap out of me in that aspect. Like I could sit through the movie and be totally fine. Like it didn't bother me at all, but it's like, as soon as we went somewhere that was like wooded, I was like, nah, uh, Jason's out there. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, what, what else, uh, any, anything else you have to add about, uh, part six? Well, I had a couple of a couple of little interesting uh, interesting facts about it. Um, like as far as um, like as far as like why it's my favorite franchise, like we pretty much covered that. But I also have um, like in my notes and stuff, I have like some, some just little fun facts uh, about the about the about the film. Okay. But I don't know if you want to go ahead and do that, or if you want to wait for wait to do that at a, at a a little bit later or what. Um, okay. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll move on to uh, to we can talk about my favorite real quick, and then uh, yeah, then we can come back to that. So my favorite is, I know, I know. What uh, what is it? Oh, yes, yeah. It's actually not. Boy, you. Mm. <laughs> my favorite. Change it then. You must have changed it at some point. Well, so my I don't know I don't know when I decided this is my favorite, but this but my my absolute <laughs> favorite of the franchise is part seven, the new blood. Okay. okay. Um, I, it's just so much fun to me. I love the, the telekinetic aspect of, of this one. And I think that, um, that Laura Park Lincoln as Tina is, is like just great casting. Um, she's such a likable character and you get really invested in her story and kind of start like feeling for it. It's, it, it almost kind of reminds me of like a stranger things take on jason but obviously many many years before stranger things in that regard because she's treated like a tina is treated like a science experiment to the like the doctor that like he wants to help her or whatever in in air quotes but he's really just trying to exploit her for her power and i think it added like a that that telekinetic layer in the family drama layer like the um you know, at the very opening of the movie, Tina causes her father's death accidentally, if, you know, and th- that guilt is, is still sort of haunting her. And she's like kind of repressing her powers and stuff. But then the doctor's trying to like rile her up and make her, 
it, you know, and, and try to like, and, but all he wants to do is just exploit her powers. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, that, yeah, exactly. He's just such, he's so scummy. And, yes, and, yes, and that, yes. and that aspect of it is like, it, it's interesting. Cause you have that, that layer, that dynamic of the movie on top of like, they already, he already like think is trying to make her appear crazy. And then, so when she sees Jason, nobody believes her because they're like you're crazy we don't believe you and so i yeah i just it's on top of that like it sounds like it would be kind of depressing based on what i just said but it's just it's really 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 fun there's some cool kills and especially when she starts fighting him back with her telekinetic powers i'm like like, i'm here for this let's go um But yeah, it's it's awesome. I love it. I love the it's it's also it's also a really a really good looking film as well. Yes. And it's it's um, you know, we got as per usual, we got the Harry Manfredini score and um this yeah, this one uh, this one had a pretty high budget as well. This is a two point eight million dollar budget. And yep. it ended up grossing like twenty million dollars just about is about nineteen nineteen point one million dollars. And yeah, I mean, the, I feel like w- once you start getting to the seventh installment of a franchise, you're like, okay, like what else is there left to do? And I feel like a lot of a lot of franchises, especially slasher franchises, played a lot with that sort of telekinetic aspect. But I feel like Friday the Thirteenth probably pulled it off the best out mm-hmm. of out of any of them. And this one is just, yeah, it's just so much fun. And it, it it's interesting to me because it's my favorite, but it was released and got mostly negative reviews. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys are watching the same movie, but that is like, it's just so entertaining to me. I'm pretty sure all of them got negative negative reviews, even though they were financially successful. Yeah, and, and if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think most of them have. I think there's only like one or two out of the whole franchise that are like fresh on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. But anyway, we don't care about Rotten Tomatoes here. No, we do not. Um, but this, this was, I thought this was interesting as well. The, um, so this one, you know, we talked about the, te- the telekinetic powers and stuff in this, or their psychokinetic abilities, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. the, the screenwriter, his name is, uh, his name is Daryl Haney. And he yeah. actually kind of, he pitched an idea for a Friday the 13th movie that was essentially Jason versus Carrie. And so that's how the idea yep. for this one was born. And they kind of took that idea and ran with it. And they, uh, they, it was, so this one was like intended to be like a higher standard of quality than the previous installments, which is interesting because we just talked about how six is like one of the best looking ones in the series. But part seven is also higher budget and is, was intended to be a, a higher level, like a higher standard. I'm assuming they're probably talking about like part two, three, and five. Because four and six look really good, yeah, and this one also looks really good. But um, they they had some they had some tossed around some high profile directors being considered to to direct this one, and and Paramount Pictures was um, actually seeking out a partnership with with New Line to do a crossover of Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, which yes. um, obviously would not come to fruition until much much later in two thousand three. And yeah, so anyway, yeah, part seven is is absolutely hands down my favorite in the series. So, just solid pick, regardless. Like that, that there, there's very few and far between of the Friday the 13th that I don't enjoy to some capacity. Yeah, um, 
looking at you, Jason, takes my hat. And, but, uh, Dude. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know, I know, I know it's, I know it's not good. It's fun though. It's a good, it's a fun one though. But it has a special place in my heart. I understand. I completely understand. I do. I, I actually do. Like I will watch that movie. I'll die on this hill. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it anytime. I I know that it's, it's like, it, it, it's like somebody who just knows something is not good for them, but they do it anyway. Yes. I completely understand. That. That's how I am with this movie. Like I know yeah. it's not good. I'm fully aware, but I will still watch it, but yes. I'll watch it anytime. <laughs> so yeah, completely understand. Completely the only, understand. so Absolutely. while we're on that subject, uh-huh. Of, of I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. What, I think I know where you're going with this. Is there, is there one that you don't like in the franchise? Like aside, I mean, do you, do you not like Jason takes Manhattan or, or, or are you kind of indifferent? Okay. okay like, like me doing that was just like, like, like a little like quick, quick jab at it. Cause like it, in my opinion, I feel like out of now um, when I say out of the original franchise, I'm talking about from one through eight. I'm not, I'm not talking about Jason goes to hell. I'm not talking about Jason X. I'm just talking about the original like franchise. I have my own opinions about the other two. Mm-hmm. I do not consider them a part of the part of like the original like for, of the of the franchise, even though they kind of aren't. Yeah. Um, but I would say probably like my uh, Jason Takes Manhattan would definitely be um, out of those would be my least favorite. But that doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah. No, I, I got you. I feel that. Like I I I will thoroughly in, enjoy to watch any of the Friday Thirteenth movies. From the first one all the way to the uh, to the reboot, I will watch any of them. I'll have fun watching every one of them. Yeah, I I'm with you for the most part. Um, yeah, I would say the one if I had to pick a least favorite out of any. Can I? Can I? Can I? I, I this is where I'm pretty sure where I know where I know where you're going. Yes, you now, can get. Are you talking about? Are you talking about all the films? Out of any of them, Jason goes to hell. Yes. Yep. Yep. That is that is my least favorite. However, it's also been a while since I've watched it. So I would be willing to, to try it again and, and see if I like it any better. But the, I, I have watched it about three times, and, which is a lot of times to watch it. Yes, it is. You don't like, right? Um, like, maybe a 20th time I might like it this time. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I kind of like, am reminded of, uh, of Andy on Parks and Rec when he's like, he talks about watching the Expendables Part Two, and he's like, "The first time I watched it, I didn't like it. The second time I watched it, I also didn't like it. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth time, I still didn't like it. It's just not a good movie." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I feel about Jason Goes to Hell. But again, like, honestly, I, I've for me, like, I honestly I feel like that's that one's definitely the ugly duckling out of the whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like objectively speaking, out of all of them, like, well. Jason X two, for obvious reasons, but like uh, Jason goes to um, Jason goes to hell. Like specifically that one, I feel like is like the ugly duckling of the entire franchise uh, to me. Uh, and I always have like a little bit of like special place in my heart for those like for those kind of movies. Yeah, because they because like, like the director you know, tried to, like he you know dared to do something different, and even though it didn't might not have like uh, landed very well, he still approached it, and that was really cool. And I honestly, I've, I even like the story. I've really, I've, I've, I actually like really do enjoy enjoy the story out of all of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, um, you know, I, I can't say it's obviously without flaws. Like some of the, uh, out of all of them, and, th- and this is really saying something, out of all of them, like that definitely has some probably, I would say probably does have some of the worst acting out of all the Friday the 13th, I would say. It definitely does have some of that. Um, but I, I, again, too, like, I, I don't know, I guess it's just kind of like the, the charm of, like, the charm of it to me was, like, they were trying to do something completely different with it. Yeah. And I, 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 I really like that kind of aspect of, like, filmmaking when you're trying to do something like that. And usually it's a pretty, like, polarizing kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get behind that. I, yeah. Like I said, it has been a long time since I watched it, like, years and years and years since I've watched Jason Cosell. So... I mean, it, it could be that I'm due for a rewatch and maybe I'll appreciate it a little bit more. You know, I mean, to be fair, like it took me a long time before I came around to Halloween three and. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, and now that I did, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. it took me a long time and maybe, maybe it's just, you know, one that I just watched at the wrong time. Cause there's, I mean, there's, there's tons of examples of films that I've watched when I was like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for that. And then years later I go back and I'm like, dang, why didn't I like this the first time I watched it? This is awesome. So I don't know, but jumping on Jason X, that's another hill I'll die on too. Yes. Yes. Because it's not good. No, but, but it's I'll sure watch it's entertaining. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I will watch it and I've watched it numerous times. Yep. But it's not good. <laughs> no, no uh, we, we can definitely be in agreement on that. It's definitely not good, but I, yeah, I will watch that anytime, anytime. Oh again. yeah. I'll watch just, Uber Jason at any point. It's just such a ridiculous concept for a movie. And that's, that's I'm so I, happy they got Cronenberg on it. I'm so happy that they got Cronenberg to do that. Right. Like I, yes. I I fully appreciate them because they they leaned into it like oh yeah they maybe a little too far which is <laughs> why it's not that good I don't know but I fully appreciate like I I would rather them lean into it and it not be that good than them like half commit to like okay so we have an idea like I would love to have been in that that meeting for that pitch like okay so so it's Jason in space but he's not just Jason he's Uber Jason. And then, like, I would have loved to have been there for that pitch. But anyway, like, that's a that, <laughs> and they're like, a, I love it. Yeah, and obviously they did because it got made. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yes. So, which I'm glad that we live in a world where Uber Jason exists. Like, yeah, because yeah, even though it's bad, like that's probably like like that's the most like badass Jason that there is out of all of them. It's like it's a fun it movie. Is. Yeah, yeah, and so. But yeah, I was just curious since you had mentioned like, you know, like kind of a least favorite, but yeah. Um, and just so everybody knows too. Um, so this, this first set, we're doing a, like kind of a series of episodes that's going to be kind of a deep dive into Friday the 13th. And so the, to kick it off for this one, we kind of just wanted to do like our Friday the 13th sort of origins stories, kind of how we got into it and, and the first films that we watched in the series and then our favorites. And then over the next several episodes, we're going to do deep dives into each of the films and kind of just talk about like our, you know, what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them, um, some interesting facts and things like that about all the, all the different films in the in the franchise. But um, yeah, so 
as you heard, those are our two favorites, but Matt, I know that you said you had some, some interesting stuff for us about part six. So love to hear some more about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, probably the, like the, the, definitely the first one that I, uh, this was one that I felt like, uh, I, I felt like it should have been pretty obvious to me, but for some reason was not. Um, but Jason lives was the only Friday the 13th movie that had kids at the camp. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. That yes. I, yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of uh -huh. agree with you. Like it, like that should have been very apparent. Yes. But cause you know, in like the, the, the first one, second one, first one, second, third, it's all counselors. All counselors. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it blew my mind for that. Like, okay. So like, as far as like, you know, like contents of within the film, like that was just a really interesting fun fact, but uh, down to like the, uh, the, the uh, some of the nitty gritty stuff that I either did not know, or it's been a while, but um, one of the first things like uh, besides that was um, so I'm not sure exactly which side because I've heard two different uh, two different things about this. Um, I heard well, I heard it was either like an alternate ending or if it, it was something that was like tossed around um, but um, never kind of fully got committed to it. Um, but the 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 ending of the movie was supposed to introduce Jason's father. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was just talking to Holly about that. I was like, you know what? It's, it's not, and not to cut you off, but just yeah. like we were, I was talking to her about that exact thing just the other day um, mm -hmm. when we were, I think we were watching part six and I was like, you know, it's interesting to me that Jason's like mother is, is always like, it's like the fixation that he has. I was like, I wonder who his dad was. And, and you're exactly right. It was in a deleted scene where they introduce like, because he, I was like, where's his dad? Like, cause I think what had, what had sent me down that sort of like rabbit hole was yeah. that we were, when we were watching part six, there was, he had, he had a grave, you know, and he rises from his grave, but it's, it's like Jason Voorhees and, you know, on the headstone. And I was like, I was like, I paused it and I said, who paid for Jason's headstone? Like, who who is going to give a like a notorious mass murderer a headstone? I was like, his mom is dead. I was already dead. Yeah. So, who and, else? Who else actually cares about him? And I was like, that. And then I was like, I wonder who Jason's dad is. And then we had like in the deleted scenes on part six, it was talking about how they were going to introduce his dad, which I thought was interesting because I was like, we, as we were watching part six, I was like, I wonder who his dad is. And they were like, Oh yeah, this is deleted scene. And not only that, but even I guess like when that deleted scene, like from like from my saying, you might know a little bit more about this. Uh, I'm not sure, but there was a like, there was a storyboard that was made that has you know Jason's dad and everything like depicted, and a dialogue recording of what his lines would have been. Oh, that's interesting. Like, and, 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 and I don't like I don't know if that was just like an uh um uh, like a recording of of just what was placed on in that kind of script or if that was like a legit recording of like the actor who was going to be playing Jason's dad doing it. I'm not sure, but that, that is the thing like, like the, um, like the DVD collection of it, like it's in those deleted scenes or like in the, like the bonus features. That's really interesting. So it's a really interesting. Look. And not only that, there was some like, and this was kind of like a, uh, I'm not sure if this was like this. Definitely was not proved, but there was a speculation that the caretaker of the cemetery was his dad. 
there was speculation yes. of that. It, yes. it was either one, either one of two things. Either one, it was either he was the father because he was the one like taking care of all the graves, or he was the one that was looking over Jason for his dad to let him know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one that, of those two things. That was that was the one that I I watched. The scene that I watched was that the the caretaker was like Jason's dad came in and was like giving him money to yes. to take yes. care yeah. yeah to take care of his grave which yep. it, which is exactly what like i was like that would have been a killer scene to have in the movie because that would have been that yes. was my exact question as i was watching it and then i went into the deleted scenes and i was like wow like this answers my whole question because i felt it was kind of an obvious like a like a weird thing to admit because it's like that mm-hmm. was my like my first question as i was watching this was like who number one who paid for his grave number two who's taking care of a mass murderer's grave like nobody that like i mean obviously somebody but like yeah. who in their right mind you know and so yeah it was like literally jason's dad coming in and paying the, <laughs> and that, the that's the kicker who was not in his right mind yeah that's true because he yeah totally. the, the, yeah the, the he was he was the the gravekeeper uh was was like the drunk guy he was like always drunk so uh, and that kind of and like and the, the like the this is going to lead into my next point. But I I honestly uh, speaking on the character, he seriously had one of the best uh, best experiences on the movie when he broke the fourth wall. Oh yeah, what what was his line? I I, I it, it uh it, it, like it, it it was it was definitely like like a meta thing. It was definitely yeah. like a meta thing, like talking about like horror movies and kind of like uh, like something to do with with like horror movies and like kind of like taking that trope and putting it on set. Yeah, I can't remember like the specific dialogue for it, but like that, like them actually like doing that, like, I, 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 I died. I freaking died. I love that, and that is kind of what is um like to my uh, my next point, and this is actually my final point. But I feel like the, oh, this can, he, this can I, be talked about so much. His line was, "Why did they have to go and dig up Jason?" And then he looks deadpan into the camera and goes, "Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment." Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> It was so good. It was so good. And, like, and there was so much of that throughout the film. There was so much of like that kind of like, like, like not the, you know, breaking the fourth wall thing, but you know, had like that whole like meta, like kind of feel like they're like, you know, like uh, uh, when like Jason stops the car with uh, Tony Goldwyn and, uh, and the girl and uh, the girlfriend, when the, yeah. they throws that spear and everything in there, you know, that, uh, that was like one, that was the first time where like, uh, like the actual words, like in a horror movie were mentioned in the, in, like in the Friday the 13th film. That's awesome. Which goes in, like, I know I've already said this, but going into my, uh, into my, my fun fact, this was one of the, like, the, the screenplay of this, the story was a huge inspiration on Kevin Williams. Ah, okay. It was like the whole, like that whole concept of, you know, the breaking the fourth wall, having like all that kind of meta being like making the audience like aware, like they know they're in a horror movie. Kind yeah. of thing, almost like to an extent, he like that really, really uh, like resonated with him, and he thought that was really brilliant, and that is what influenced him for his writing for screen. That's really cool. Did not know that either. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, you could definitely tell because yeah, Scream is obviously full of all the different meta references and things, so that's cool. It was like a blend of uh, a blend of that and uh, New Nightmare. Like the like, at least like Craven having that concept of you know like making a movie within a movie, yeah. Like of that and the writing of Jason Lives was what inspired him to write Scream the way he did. Interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. That is, that's awesome. Um, so I guess in, unless you have anything else to add, um, I feel like this is a good kind of stopping point for this, this episode. And then, uh, and the next episode we'll kind of pick back up. We're going to, I think we'll probably do two, two films at a time, just because if, if we do more than two at a time, it's going to be very, uh, very long episodes. So it'll be lengthy. Yeah. So either way, it'll be lengthy. But in the next, oh, yeah. the next episode, we're gonna kind of do a deep dive into Friday Thirteenth Part One and Two, and then each subsequent episode after that, we'll we'll talk about two more, uh, kind of really in depth and everything. So, kind of like a a fun little venture for us. So I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, so I know real quick, Matt. I kind of like to give whenever I have a guest on, like to give the guests to kind of just an opportunity to kind of plug whatever they have going on. So I know you had mentioned you're right. wrapping up, uh, working on, on a movie and you have some, what else do you have going on though? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I just finished up. I just finished up, uh, this movie. I'm working on the township, um, that's getting ready to be released in a couple weeks, uh, uh here in downtown, uh, Albany. And, uh, after that, I have another short film. I'm going to, uh, supposed to be uh like uh, contracted to work on uh it's supposed to be a um superhero oh, like a superhero type of like sci-fi uh kind of short film like dealing with sidekicks um and when we do like the sound design and mixing uh, mixing for that short film and then uh working on uh working a production sound on a another short film in atlanta after that at some point nice that's awesome so man. I'm, I'm pretty excited and, I, and uh that and yeah, I've, I've, I've finished school. I graduated from full cell. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Yes. Sir. All right. Well, thank you everybody for, uh, for listening and hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into some Friday the 13th stuff. Be sure to tune in for the next episodes as we dive into the entire franchise. Uh, you can follow along, uh, with us on social media. We are on Instagram at welcome to primetime podcast. You can also check out our Patreon, which is just uh, patreon.com slash welcome to primetime. And we also just launched a brand new YouTube channel. So you can find us on YouTube as well. Just search welcome to primetime and you can find us on there as well. And we will be back very soon with another episode. Thank you everybody. Bye for now. Bye.